Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 2 Peter and learning what it means to grow in grace. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. I want to show you my mug, first of all, as I always do, uh, my global reach mug. Don't know where that came from. Maybe one of you gave that to me. I really can't remember. But I like I like the I like the mug, global reach. And that ought to be true of every local church that we have not only a Jerusalem outlook about the gospel, but a utter uh, the uttermost parts of the world attitude about the gospel, global reach. And you can make a difference. Uh, simply by giving and praying uh, for people, uh, giving to and praying for people around the world. Uh, your missions program and your local church is absolutely vital. Hope you're involved. Hey, we're in Second uh, Peter chapter number one, and we're talking about these things. So remember, these things are the components that serve as that, that outline for the Christian life. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to pen, temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, charity. We've talked about each one of those and how important it is for us to identify them, to allow God to work in our lives in ways that those become evident. Uh, in so doing, our lives are fruitful. Our lives are not barren. Uh, we're not like those that stumble around and don't really know where they're going and forgot that they've even been purged from their own sins. And they live their lives without the, 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 the lens of eternity and the lens of forgiveness and all of those good truths that ought to guide us and shape our thinking as new creatures in Christ. Uh, we uh, live in that sense, we live stumbling as opposed to Christians that are serving God and and walking in a way that that is confident without stumbling, uh, understanding who they are in Christ. We've been talking about this now for a couple episodes. We're in a verse number 11, as I promised last episode, and it says, for so, we're talking now about making our calling and election sure. We're talking about that 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 ideal Christian life in which we live with uh, with walking confidently in Christ, not stumbling. Uh, what 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 assures that kind of walk? Uh, or or I, I should ask this question: What does that kind of walk assure? That's a better question. Uh, the the person that lives for Christ, the person that walks in the will of God, the person that practices these things. Well, what can he expect? Well, the Bible tells us in verse 11, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, boy, the, the kind of Christian who is living the ideal that we have here, who is allowing his knowledge of Christ, his, his, the fact he's captured by a sense of forgiveness— He's ruled by a focus on eternal things. Well, the Bible says that's the kind of believer that that walks into the kingdom one day on a red carpet uh, in triumph. 
uh, not in shame, but in, in triumph, in joy, to stand before Jesus Christ. Now, is that the only way that people enter the kingdom? No. The Bible says sometimes people are saved so as by fire. Sometimes people uh, stand before him in shame, uh, not in confidence. And so the, the way that we live our lives, uh, it makes a difference. And there is a judgment, not, not for our sin as believers, because that our sin was judged at, at the cross, but there is a judgment before Jesus Christ. There is an answering, a reckoning for believers as we stand before the bema, the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter number 5, and 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, Romans chapter number 14, and other passages. And so we've got to keep in mind that there is that time when we enter in, right? I think about um, maybe uh, this illustration, you think about maybe a teenager who has stayed out too late uh, beyond his curfew and he's disobeyed his parents. He comes home at night and he has to enter in, right? Now, does he have, does he have access to the home? Of course he does. He probably has a key. Uh, his parents want him to come home. They've been waiting for him to come home. He kind of wants to sneak in the door. He hopes they're sleeping, wants to tiptoe to his room. Maybe I'll get away with it. And lo and behold, he opens the front door. It makes the squeaking noise. He tiptoes down the front hallway. And there's dad, still awake, sitting in the living room, looking at his watch. So is he entering into the home abundantly, gladly, uh, receiving a, a, a grand welcome? No, no, he, he has access. He's a child. It's his home. He has every right to be there but his entrance is less than what it could have been, okay? As opposed to, what about that college student who's been away for his first semester at college? He's not seen mom and dad for four months. He drives home from college. She drives home from college many hours. It's late in the night. They've not seen her. They've not seen him for four months. He walks to the front door. Boy, he can't make two steps. He or she doesn't make one step without being smothered by hugs and kisses and welcome home and we cooked your favorite meal and what, that's an entrance. See, the way we're received has a lot to do with the way we have lived away from that home, the way that we're going to enter in. I don't know if that's a, a good illustration or not, but the Bible teaches here that those that are living for Christ— those that are pursuing these things, those that are allowing the still small voice of God's spirit to be the, the overriding influence in their lives, those that are living lives uh, of, of fellowship with Christ, living in light of eternity, seeing things that are afar off, remembering where they came from. Wow, what an entrance they will receive into that heavenly kingdom. Some Bible scholars relate this to the way that the victor would enter into a city back during the first century after having won. And they come back to the accolades of their fellow citizens. They come back to the thank yous of the authority, the king of that, of that city, of that city-state. Oh, what a great illustration that is. Boy, we want, we want to live in light of that day. We want to live in light of that day. Don't live for this day. If you live for this day, you'll be sorry on that day. But if you live for that day, boy, you'll be so glad 
that you made the choices you made for Christ on this day. So it's a, just a good reminder for us, is it uh, verse number 11? Now, if you would, verse number 12, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 12, wherefore? So Peter uses this term quite a bit in the, in the chapter, back in verse number 10, wherefore? So based upon these things, let me say this. Now, based upon the truth of these things, verse number 12, let me say this. Do you see that, verse number 12? Wherefore, I will not be negligent. So Peter said, hey, I want you to know I am going to make it my business would be a way maybe we, we would say that today. I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. So there it is again. I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Now watch this, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Did you hear what Peter, Peter just said? He said, listen, I am going to make it my business that you know these things, even though you know them. I'm going to make it my business that you know these things, even though you know them and you're, you're, you're abiding by them. You're established in them. So he's teaching people that already understand the material that are already applying the material. Why? That's how important these things are. And that's how quickly we human beings tend to forget. We need reminders. Tell me the old, old story. Tell it to me. I love to hear the story. Uh, those who know it best seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And it's so important that we, that we are reminded of these basic principles of God's word. Why? Because they ought to become, become part of a, the warp and woof of our life. It's like a, a ball team that comes back and practice to the fundamentals every time. We're always going to do this dribbling drill. We're always going to do this passing drill. We're always going to do this shooting drill. Well, I'm already a good shooter, coach. Yeah, but you won't be unless you stay after it. You keep on doing those things. So these things, these things, these things. And Peter, as a good teacher, understood that repetition is the key. Inculcation of habit is the key. Going back to the basics is the key. I am going to be a good teacher and force myself. I'm going to make it incumbent upon myself as a teacher that you would know these things. So where's the application for you and me? Well, I would say this, if you're a teacher and if you're a mom, you are a teacher. If you're a dad, a grandpa, a grandma, you're a teacher. Many of you are teachers in your local church. You might teach a children's class or an adult Bible class. Some of you are fellow pastors or youth pastors and you have school teachers well, if God has given you a measure of teaching influence, then let me just encourage you to make sure that you don't assume that people know. Come back to basic truths. Re reinforce them over and over again. A good minister of Jesus Christ is one that's not afraid to repeat obvious things. I, I think about the, the book of 2 Timothy, especially chapter number 2 where the uh, Apostle Paul was careful with Timothy to remind him, to remind him. And then he said to Timothy, and make sure that you remind them, remind them. Why? Because a good pastor, a good teacher, a good parent is going to be one that lovingly reminds. 
And that's what Peter is making an emphasis to do here in verse number 12. Look, look at one last verse, verse number 13. Yea, I think it meet, I think it's suitable. As long as I'm in this tabernacle, as long as I'm alive, tabernacle refers to his body. As long as I'm breathing air, as long as my heart is pumping blood, as long as I have a pulse, we might say it that way today, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. So Peter said, hey, listen, uh, I know you know this stuff. I'm going to keep on telling you. That's how important it is. And as long as I have breath, you're going to hear me like a broken record telling you these things, these things, these things. So I hope you'll see how important these things are and even go back in your mind and rehearse them and give them priority in your life and just see what God can do with a life focused upon the things upon which God tells us to focus. Hope you have a great day today. Thanks for joining. Looking forward to our next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.